Before we get into the episode, it should be noted that my co-host Rob is absent. Rob has gone for a walk. His mission? A solo hike for mental health and suicide prevention. 1,005.3 kilometers, hopefully in less than 52 days, with the goal of earning over $10,000. In honor of his brother Arlen and the many other young lives lost to suicide, Rob will be undertaking a solo Bibbulmun track hike from start to finish, Albany to Kalamunda, which he started on Saturday the 26th of June. Rob is undertaking this journey to raise awareness of mental health while also raising some much-needed funding for the vital services that save lives. To achieve his ambitious mission, he'll need the help and support from everybody willing to do so. Rob is raising funds primarily for mental health and suicide prevention organisations Beyond Blue and Headspace. 40% each of the fundraising total, with both organisations offering their support for the campaign. The remaining 20% of funds will be directed towards the volunteer-run, not-for-profit group, the Bilberman Track Foundation, and a small percentage of funding will also be allocated to cost recovery for the endeavour. He'll do the walking, we do the donating, and together we will make a difference, one step at a time. To donate, head to Facebook, at Bilberman for my brother, or check out Rob's blog on his website, Bibbleman for My Brother Hiking Solo for Mental Health. That's bibbelmanformybro.wixsite.com forward slash preventing suicide. Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. Usually I'm joined by Rob, but he isn't here today as he's gone on a walk. Instead, I'm joined by one of the looniest people I know, Luke. What's up, Doc? That's a I like that's good. <laughs> good intro statement. Um, welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a live-action animated sports comedy film that is disturbingly turning 15 years old this year and has a standalone sequel coming out this month in July 2021. Bringing together the worlds of Warner Brothers Animation and Basketball, this movie fictionalised the initial retirement and comeback of one of NBA's greatest players. In the words of Stan Podolak, get your Hanes on, lace up your Nikes, grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade, and we'll pick up a Big Mac on the way to our rewind to the year 1996. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. Wave your hands in the year 1996, the Muppets were seeking out treasure. Glenn Close was hunting Dalmatians. The bells of Notre Dame were ringing and there was a ridiculously large peach. But it was also the year that Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan teamed up to defeat a group of aliens in an out-of-this-world game of basketball in Space Jam. Directed by Joe Pitzker, Space Jam brings together the real world and the Looney Tunes. 
Wayne Knight and Bill Murray appear in supporting roles, while Billy West and Danny DeVito headline the voice cast. Swackhammer, voiced by Danny DeVito, an evil alien theme park owner, needs a new attraction at Moron Mountain. When his gang, the Nerdlux, head to Earth to kidnap Bugs Bunny, voiced by Billy West, and the Looney Tunes, Bugs challenges them to a basketball game to determine their fate. The aliens agree, but they steal the powers of NBA basketball players, including Larry Bird and Charles Barkley, so Bugs gets some help from superstar Michael Jordan. Be warned that if you haven't seen Space Jam yet, but you want to go watch it before listening to this episode, we will be talking spoilers. Luke, first of all, thank you for joining me today in uh, in lieu of uh, Rob not being here. He's on a little adventure at the moment. Um, Space Jam, what is what is Space Jam to you? What does it all mean? You asked me to sit in for Rob. No hesitation whatsoever. Space Jam, to me, it's one of those movies that it feels like has always existed. Clearly, I know that's not the case. <laughs> it's been said already, 1996. But this movie, like, and, and me, somebody that outside of Space Jam, I've got to be honest, I've got zero interest in basketball. There's something about this movie these characters I grew up on Looney Tunes and it's always been a favorite. I mean, the first time I watched this film was at the cinema. I went to the, went to the Odeon, saw it on a big screen and I have loved this movie since that initial viewing. I remember a takeaway that I had, like my first exposure to Pulp Fiction was in this movie. You know the scene <laughs> where they do the, the the Pulp Fiction gag? Yeah, with that, isn't it? Elmer Fudd and... Oh, who's the other character doing it? Is it... Oh, it would have and to be... The, Sam. Yeah, it'd have to be Sam, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, it, was, it was those two. <laughs> they had the music from Pulp Fiction. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. So it's just a movie that I got so much from that first viewing. And I've been watching since. It's a film that I've got to be honest, I've probably watched more than most movies that i've seen it's so weird eh? it's so weird um i mean same for me i mean it, it does feel like it's always sort of existed but i mean we know each other we know what it what it's like when it comes to sports movies this is a sports movie it's not really it's not really our thing but gotta say you know you add cartoon looney tunes in i'll watch i'll watch a basketball movie yeah, Bugs Bunny playing basketball. I'll watch that. So this is this is where I was as a as a six year old, being like, yeah, I will watch Bugs Bunny. <laughs> watch, hang on, play basketball. How old were you when this film came out? I was six. Was okay, six. that was fun. Twenty five <laughs> years. Can you imagine? Can you believe twenty five years? It's been since this movie came out. Wow. Okay. Disgusting. I. I mean, like. I watched this without parents. Me and a mate went into town by ourselves Ooh. and watched this movie. I would have been 12 when this film came out. <laughs> okay. So you were twice Still... my you were twice my age at that time. And I, hey, hey, that's news to me. Just found that out here on the podcast. But I but again, so watching this movie as a 12-year-old, I didn't know Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that right. Time. That's it. I watched that movie 
later and i guess you watched it much later and hey do you know what as a six-year-old and even now i didn't didn't know michael jordan but you know we learn things from movies we learn different things it's all very interesting but look yeah like i'm big fan i mean i like looney tunes i like space jam i like surprisingly looney tunes back in action like, i don't know i like I like the Looney Tunes and I like when they do movies. Like they're they're always good fun. Um but yeah, it's it's pretty disturbing that it's been twenty five years. Um and it's pretty disturbing it really to know is. it's disturbing it's, to know there was a time where yeah. we both existed on this earth and you were twice my age. That's the weird <laughs> concept. Yeah. I mean kind of hurting so my the brain. The first time I watched this movie again, twelve years of age at the cinema. More recently, I watched it the other day in preparation for this, and I sat and watched it with my three-year-old. So it's crazy. Like again, like this this movie has been with me for such a long time. Yeah. And she loved it. She I found think... the, the monsters scary at times. Again, three. Yeah. But for the most part, she 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 likes Looney Tunes, which I've got to be honest, I'm trying to make that happen, but <laughs> you you'll know this from being a parent. You, and especially as they get older, you can't be too heavy-handed. You've got to gently just nudge them in the right direction. Yeah, you, you got to bear in mind, I'm only working with an eight-month-old at the moment. I'm not... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just letting you know in advance because I grew up on Looney Tunes. They're my cartoons from my childhood, whereas my eldest, for her, it was all Disney. It's all Disney, yeah. Mate, it's not Mickey much, Mouse, Clubhouse. Not much time. It's, oh, horrendous. I know. That's it. That was it. That was the that was the introduction. So mm. I'm trying, although my youngest also loves Disney, you know, Looney Tunes. Let's um let's yeah. check out Bugs Bunny, see what he's doing. For sure. For and there's sure. a new movie, so it's the right well, time. That, and that's why and that's why we're here today, pretty much. Not only the 25th anniversary, but also we've got um Space Jam, a new legacy um hitting the cinema. Uh, and I think in some territories. Is it on HBO Max? It's on HBO it Max, is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, in the US be. only. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We've got it here in the cinema, and luckily they will be open for us at that time. All right, let's talk about the legacy. Speaking of the new legacy, let's talk about the old legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have pre-planned that. Nice. That, could have, that could have come out <laughs> a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the old legacy of Space Jam um, and where it's been. Starting with its budget and its box office um a budget of 80 million dollars um it got a box office return of 250.2 um which made it the 10th highest grossing film of 1996 i mean it's not all the way up there we had things like independence day and stuff like that so can't really blame it but not bad for a little animated live action hybrid with bugs bunny and michael jordan in the lead um this did actually become the highest grossing basketball film of all time i mean if i'm honest i couldn't pick another i'm sure there is and white i know man, there is white man can't jump that's the oh one. yeah that's a good that's, one. that's, that's a good one, one actually that is a good one that's, that's the only one i can think oh i don't know air well, bud <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guest on the Flubber. show and you've shown me up Flubber? does that count as a basketball no. <laughs> if i actually okay okay if you're playing by those rules teen wolf that's a basketball film. Oh, bloody hell. And, and then it absolutely by that, is, really. The Amazing Spider-Man. There we go. Oh, <laughs> we, wow. Now we're, now we're pushing it. Yeah, probably the worst scene in the movie, but that's okay. 
The movie received mixed reviews from critics who were divided on the out-of-place merits and concept of combining Jordan and his profession with the Looney Tunes characters, while many additionally praised the technical achievement of blending digitally live action and animation, particularly the basketball scenes. And we also got a faithful Looney Tunes comedy. On Rotten Tomatoes, this is low. It's sitting at 43%. I can't fathom why it's, <laughs> why it's so low. And that is from 76 reviews, an average of 5.5 out of 10. Looking at the metric, 59% out of 22 reviews. And Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel both gave Space Jam a thumbs up. I can get on board with that. Good, yeah, That's good fair. It. It's well, I mean, I mean, it's hard to fathom that like it's such a low, um, you know, rating. But I mean, when we watched it, we were both, you know, even yourself and we were both quite young still. And then we've got that attached nostalgia as we continue to watch it and rewatch it. Um, so we, you know, even if we're looking at it now, we're we're probably still seeing it in a very glossy, happy way. Like, you know, we're, we're liking things. I think as a general movie, maybe it's not actually that good. Um, no, I, I, put... no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like nostalgia can carry you yeah. all the way. And sometimes part for a of general, the way. A general audience, people, you know, that don't hell love Looney Tunes, you know, maybe. But the, oh, I mean, yes. I mean, of course. Like, if you don't like Looney Tunes, <laughs> you don't like Michael Jordan, then yeah, no, this is not the film for you. But as a G-rated animation live action hybrid, it really does deliver a lot and even when you come to it older like when i watched it back then i was a fan of ghostbusters already great seeing bill murray on there but coming back to it as an adult like there's jokes happening with the live action segments that are really landing and you know as an adult i, I don't know i, I feel like that rotten tomatoes score is is very low but you know you can't change that it should is, be higher should be higher it is what it is but we'll, it's a we'll... g-rated movie yeah, and look, no, we'll get not... to our we'll get to our rating um, at the end, and uh, we'll see where we both sit with it. Um, for, uh, in regards to awards, the movie won a few awards, including two ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards, um, one Annie Award for Technical Achievement, one Grammy Award, uh, mainly for R. Kelly's "I Believe I Can Fly," and one World Animation Celebration Award. Uh, for animation in a motion picture trailer and various other nominations. So, look, we're not up there with, like, Oscars and all those kind of big things, but a few musical things, animation-related awards, it all kind of makes sense. And if you look at other Looney Tunes movies, they don't necessarily get a lot of award mentions, to be honest. So I'd say out of all the Looney Tunes movies this is the one that's received the most awards by far. I mean, the other ones, they are like adaptions from animated shorts or it's a, not necessarily a theatrical release, a direct-to-home release movie, or you mentioned already Looney Tunes back in action. I've not fact-checked this, but I would say it won less awards than Space <laughs> Jam, yeah. to be honest. Unless so they I'd had say... a really good song I'm forgetting about. Did Brendan Fraser wing like... Uh... Best actor or anything? No, don't think so. I went back to that again recently, and one of the more 
exciting things about that movie for me is always being seeing the Batman Forever Batmobile in the opening. Always good stuff. And always. you know, you get comedy hijinks. There's fun course, things. There's there's fun things. things. Space Jam, though. The soundtrack sold enough albums to be certified as six times platinum. Did you have this yeah. album? I didn't. I didn't. Did you? Tape cassette. Yes. What? <laughs> I did on tape. That was like a, oh. You know, sometimes you just feel really old. It's when you when someone says something like that, like, oh, I had that on cassette. Holy shit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've since got it on CD. But back then... <laughs> I mean, you know, kids nowadays, it's all streaming, isn't it? But I'm going to look it up on Spotify. It'll be there. Yeah, Something. I've been on a journey. I've, I've got to be honest, I don't still own the tape cassette. <laughs> It'd be pointless. I don't have a player like most people. Stick it in a DVD player or something. Come on, man. There's a way. Oh, the, that... No, the cassette. I've got the oh, the CD. cassette. Oh, the cassette. the cassette. Sorry, Sorry I'm missing Yes. Yeah. Stick it in a DVD it's player. Uh... See what happens. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I don't, you're disrupting the flow here. Sorry. It served as a high point for musical artist R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly, earned him two Grammys. We don't have to spend too much time talking about no, R. Kelly for obvious reasons. Other tracks include a cover of Steve Miliband's Fly Like an Eagle by Seal and the title song Space Jam performed by the Quad City DJs. And the score was by James Newton Howard, except the main Merry Melodies theme. So how good is it when Michael Jordan's going into the Warner Brothers logo and that's playing? It's yeah. like it's right. Like it's like a gateway into that world. And it's like, yeah, you're gonna hear the music. That's that's ah, so so good, so good. But look, like the the music does play such a such a big role in in this movie. Like just heaps of sequences that have like a track that really play into the movie. Whether it's one of those it really does motive yeah. ones, or it's just literally the Space Jam song, which is pretty oh, epic so in good. It's so good, and you know, I believe I believe I can fly. It bookends the movie. Yeah. It's... It is. Michael is a young boy with his dad. And then when he's, you know, stepping out of the spaceship at the end. It's great. Oh, it's good. It's good. I mean, that was his whole thing, wasn't it? Like, this is my sports knowledge. Um, he could fly, like, right? Like, he, you know, with his slam dunks and, and things. Yeah. I mean, that's what he was. That was, that was, for. That was the thing he did. Um, cool. Yeah. Sports. I mean, not quite like he does in the movie when he's nah. stretching his arm. Oh, that's pretty freaking it. That's. Yeah. That's such a moment in the movie. It's such like, a moment. Hang on, everybody. Are you telling me that the laws of physics? Are you telling me the laws of physics don't exist for me here? I, mean, I feel like that's basically he. He became Neo in the Matrix in that moment. Realized, yeah. oh, that's, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have it, to dodge bullets. <laughs> he doesn't. It have would to. have been, you know, a, a bigger windslide if he knew <laughs> he could do that. This whole time. Um, let's talk the franchise. Let's talk the franchise. Okay. We've mentioned Looney Tunes back in action and there's been other sort of Looney Tunes movies. I think back in action was the only theatrical Looney Tunes movie since Space Jam. Unless like yes. the Bugs Bunny movie was theatrical back in the day. But um, but either way. But that would have been before Space Jam. Like, yeah, oh, honestly, for, sure. Like, for sure. Yeah, Space Jam is the biggest Looney Tunes movie ever. 
And then years later, they tried to recapture that with Back in Action, directed by Joe Dante, and it just didn't take off, unfortunately. I enjoyed it. And I, then... I don't know. A, we're, getting the new, we're getting a new Space Jam, which... You mentioned the Matrix earlier, you know, with Jordan stretching his arm. Oh, yeah. You see Granny from Tweety Pie doing a Matrix gag in the new film. Mm. So, got that to look forward to. We'll see. We'll anyway. see how that goes. Um, that film's you doing a review uh, coming soon. Um, Teen Titans Go see Space Jam. This is a 2021 fully animated crossover sequel with the television series Teen Titans Go. I know this has aired already on Cartoon Network. I believe it's on in the in the States or wherever. Um, in the States only, mate. Nowhere else. I have tried. I have tried to see this and it's just not available. YouTube have just got clips. Daily Motion has just got clips. It's not here in Australia yet. And it's a full like feature-length movie. And I've watched the opening scene. And it's got the aliens from Space Jam. And they're interacting with the Teen Titans. And they're saying they're about to watch the movie. They hit pause. And the Teen Titans say, hey, can you do us like you did the basketball players in the movie? So then the aliens become versions of the Teen Titans. And then they transform back to their small alien selves and then they press play on the movie again and continue to watch the movie. And that's where the clip ended. That's the most I've been oh able to see. Oh, my God. What is it all about? What is it all about? I don't about? know, but I want to see it. But it's been out in the US since the 20th of June. And date of recording, 5th of July, we still don't have access to it. So what is... Yeah. So what is this? It's something. It's a Space Jam thing. It's the first Space Jam thing since Space Jam. And that's it until Space Jam A New Legacy, which is also coming um, in a couple weeks or whenever it is, next week. I don't know. Um, this is a standalone sequel starring LeBron James, as uh, Luke mentioned uh, just moments ago. Um, but previous attempts to produce a sequel go back as early as 1996, involving a new villain named Berserko. Warner Brothers eventually cancelled plans for Space Jam 2 once Michael Jordan did not agree to star in a sequel. There were several potential sequels, including Spy Jam with Jackie Chan, <laughs> that would end up becoming the basis for Dunes oh. back in action. Race really? Jam... Yeah, well, you could, you know, like there's Brendan Fraser plays the stunt double of like the oh, actor who's a spy, and then his dad turns right. out to be a spy or something. Yeah, actual spy, spy jam, wow. spy jam. <laughs> um, where was I? Well, race jam with uh, Jeff <laughs> Gordon, a um, a gold centered film with uh, sorry, a golf centered film with Tiger Woods. Um, and Skate Jam with Tony Hawk were all discussed but never came to be. Oh, wow. Out of all of those... Golf Jam. Spe- uh, <laughs> no, Spy Jam with Jackie Spy Chan, Jam. which, like you say, we pretty much got that anyway, minus Jackie Chan. Instead of Jackie Chan, we got Timothy Dalton. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, like Jackie, Chan, Jackie Chan has done Spy... What did he, what did he do? He, yeah, he's done a Spy the, movie, hasn't he? Yeah, he the did spy next door. The spy next door. Right. He did the tuxedo where he wasn't competent. The the suit was that he wore. Anyway, yeah. that was a whole whole of a Take thing. Take one of those movies and Looney Tunes. That's where you get Spy Jam. The end. I outside of Spy Jam, they all sound 
awful. And I'm glad that they didn't pursue any of those. And I mean, instead, I've got to be honest. Then we're just getting I'm, basketball again. <laughs> Which is what I'm fun. seeing of this new movie, and like you, I'll be watching it at the cinema. I'm I'm getting a bit lukewarm on it, if I'm honest. I I'm not. I'm too getting excited. I'm for getting it. a bit Jason warm on it. Um, speaking... <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't purposely use my name there. It's literally. No, I know, I know. It's a. It's I'm a, trying to be it's funny. A oh my God. <laughs> it's a measurement of heat. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I've been seeing clips and stuff for this new movie, and I, yeah, I gotta say, a lot of my excitement's gone. I me too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll, we're going to watch it. We as you say, we're going to review it for yeah. that film stew. And I, yeah, I don't know. It looks like a different thing, but it's Space Jam too. But from what you were saying, though, all those other attempts sound like a different thing, also, or even the same thing, but with a different sport and a different sports personality. <laughs> just trying to recreate the magic of Space Jam. <laughs> just all the jam, all the jam. You know. DC have put out a DC comic adaption of the film, and they put it out as a graphic novel. Of so the new film or the, uh, the original the new film. film? Oh wow! Well, no, no, of the new film, you can get it as a new graphic novel from DC, and it is a it's the story of the film. So if you want the movie spoiled, just read the graphic novel. <sighs> Ridiculous! I'm not going to. But no. Like, why do they do these things? Oh, it's toys, comics, sometimes because they don't just, care. It's just a it's this is. Oh, that just proves that this movie is just a, a money-making device thing. Check out Target, product. Space product. Jam Toys. I mean, I know they did it for that first movie as well. And the costumes, man. Do we say costumes? What do sports people wear? Oh, like, yeah, the, the uniforms. Jerseys, outfits. The jerseys. Uniforms, that's it. <laughs> a costume. If you're really pressured <laughs> with all the me. sports stuff in this episode. Oh. <laughs> We've never talked so much sport. We've talked golf, <laughs> ice skating. <laughs> oh, Covered it all. Come back. We'll do. We'll do uh, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Something at some point. Hey, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be good. And maybe we'll do boxing one day. We'll get to Rocky. Oh, Rocky. So ongoing media. The monsters make cameo appearances in various future projects, including Pinky and the Brain. Michael Jordan would appear with the Looney Tunes characters in several MCI Communications commercials for several years. Bugs had previously appeared with Michael Jordan as Hair Jordan in Nike ads for the Air Jordan 7 and Air Jordan 8. Michael Jordan appeared in Archive footage in the next theatrical Looney Tunes film, Looney Tunes Back in Action. Space Jam later expanded into a media franchise, which includes comics, video games, and merchandise. We've got Air Jordans, Bugs Bunny t-shirts, Happy Meals, Muggsy Bogues jerseys and Tweety gowns. I want to get me a Tweety gown. That sounds. I mean, a Tweety gown. I guess that's a dressing gown. Sounds a silky. Muggsy Bogues jersey. I'm assuming basketball, just sure. because it's Space Jump. Yeah. <laughs> jerseys sounds good. So wow, yeah. I mean, you can go to quite a few places and just pick up a Space Jam jersey today, like from that classic I mean, movie. Like, yeah, even before this new one came about, you know, like we've got, uh, you know, the JJ stores here in australia i don't know if they're international whatever um but you know they they sold space jam shirts and jerseys and stuff and jumpers this was a few years ago like just because yeah they've been they've been doing it for a while and for the new movie legacy cotton on here in australia 
are doing like exclusive, like an exclusive clothing line. So you've got the you know the color scheme, the orange and the blue. We don't want that. We don't want that. No, we want classic Toon Squad. Classic Toon Squad. All right. Um, as we get into this this movie, this original 1996 Space Jam, um, I'm just going to go into a little bit of the development and the production um, for this movie. So you mentioned uh, two Nike ads from 1992 and 1993, Hair Jordan and Aerospace Jordan, uh, which aired on television and featured Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Um, they were actually also directed by Joe Pitka, the director of this movie. Just a reminder. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Warner Brothers was reluctant to modernize Bugs' character, um, but the commercial success led to the green lighting of a film featuring Jordan and Bugs, this movie, uh, which came out of a meeting between a Nike executive and producer, Ivan Reitman. Uh, Warner Brothers also wanted to create um, more adult, sophisticated material in the animated in the animated film market. So this was to sort of counter what Disney were doing with um, all their success. Um, there were attempts to replace Jordan's character with a more experienced actor, but they couldn't find anyone better. We will get to Michael Jordan and his acting abilities. At acting or basketball? Oh, no, I'm assuming acting. basketball. <laughs> I'm hey, sure they could. Hey, no, come on. Hey, I like, my, I like Michael Jordan in this movie, but I can't believe that they couldn't find a better actor. But anyway, we'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> we will, we'll go get to him. Reitman was serious about the voice actors for the established Looney Tunes characters being uh, far better than Mel Blanc and not just replications. Um, there was a plan to have several voice cameos, but Danny DeVito ended up being the only celebrity voice actor in the film, obviously voicing Mr. Swackhammer. Um, apparently, Ivan Reitman phoned Robert Zemeckis about Who Framed Roger Rabbit and asked, do you have any advice on what we should do to make a movie like this? And he said, don't do it. It nearly killed me. So <laughs> it's yeah, a, I have heard that from Zemeckis. If yeah. there was a movie to draw comparisons to, I guess, in terms of, you know, the animation and live action sort of hybrid kind of film. I mean, the obvious one is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like they, they did it there. I mean, it's been done like, you know, things like Mary Poppins and, you know, it's been done before. But in terms of- It like, has, but not, yeah, not on the, the divide when you've got characters interacting the way they do in Roger Rabbit. Yeah, in this and movie, and especially so like, like the cartoony type of characters yeah. as well. well zany like bed, bed knobs and broomsticks, like we got it there as well. Like, yeah, the hybrid animation, live action. But this is as soon as Michael Jordan meets up with Looney Tunes, that's it. It is a hybrid animation movie from that point onward. Well, the um the animation work was actually so complicated that after only a week of production, the number of animation studios working on the film went from just one to multiple. I don't have the exact number of how many, studios, but they got a whole bunch. They were like, we need multiple. Sounds just impressive. Multiple animation animators were pulled from other projects to work on this production. So, one brothers were just like, this is priority now. Um, due to its mixture of various art mediums as well as the broad sense of humour and entertainment uh, unique to the Looney Tunes, animation supervisor Bruce W. Smith stated that Space Jam was an important part of diversifying the animation industry. Right. Space Jam broke the record for the number of composited shots in a featured in a feature film, roughly 1,043, as well as a, number, a record number of um, effects shots 
around 1,100 in a single 90-minute film. Um, Independence Day, which came out the same year, had 700 effects shots. So if you wanted to compare those two movies, there you go. Um, this was due to the multiple characters, multiple levels of effects, and in some cases up to 70 elements in one shot. I mean, just look at the, you know, like the main basketball game at the what, what do you call it yeah basketball game at the end. like there's so much going on like <laughs> oh come on we're not that bad we know it's a basketball <laughs> game i'll because... i'll say this though like you don't at least i didn't which is a good thing you're not supposed to i didn't notice any of that and i guess we were coming at, it's well, all the, such, you know, the effects from, from a young age but just all of it like how it all blends animation live action and just all of it everything is just so fluid and smooth yeah, like like you said, as, as soon as Michael Jordan's in Looney Tunes world, it's he's talking to him. He's there. He's he's there in the picture. Like it's all it's all happening. And then vice versa. I mean, when, when he when he first meets Bugs, he gets a kiss. Like you know, already he's like he's not just sharing screen time; they're physically interacting with each other. They're sharing like, pretty dimension. much from the Oh, it's full on. But yeah, vice versa. When Bugs and Daffy come into you know the real world, it's they're interacting and, and you know they're walking upstairs. They're they're you know they're coming. They're digging a hole in the ground and coming up from the from the you know the lawn. Like it's it's weird. It's they're picking up things. It's so holding. it's so well done. But I guess Magic. I didn't think like to compare it to something like Independence Day, which you probably would have thought maybe that would have more effect shots but nah i mean they were talking a lot of animation here it's like but nah but nah it's funny. <laughs> um yeah space jam was one of the earliest animation animated productions um to use digital technology um and that's where all the magic i guess happens um and it was one of the first ever productions to be shot on a virtual studio so michael jordan himself um was filmed in a 360 degree uh, green screen room with motion trackers playing and acting alongside green suited NBA players and improv actors. So, I mean, you know, we could, we could get into a knock him for his acting ability and all that kind of stuff, but you know, he's, he's essentially acting against people in green morph suits. And yeah, I, I just, okay. I, I want to add this to what I said before, because I mean, admittedly, yes, in this film, He's incredibly wooden, and he is. Right? <laughs> but there's a reason why he's in that movie regardless, and it's because it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like you mentioned just like the song, you believe it can fly. Like because he's a happens. superstar in his own right. Yeah, with it, what exactly he does. Right. So, so Looney Tunes are integral, but he's just as integral for this film happening and this film being what it is. So regardless, like, you know, we're not expecting this you know, this groundbreaking uh, performance from it, like him just being him is enough. And, you know, he, he does what's expected of him. But he's also doing something that not many other people have done. Like we're talking about who framed Roger Rabbit. So you, Bob Hoskins would have gone through something similar in that movie. But I guess, you know, technology would have come on a little bit since then but there's not many other actors that would have had to have done for the amount of time that, that Jordan spent in film. So yeah. you've got to applaud him for that. He, yeah, yeah, he really would have been the best actor. First. 
but he is definitely you know, one of the first. And whatever he's lacking acting-wise, more often than not, he's sharing the screen with a lunatic. So it just works. Like everything about Michael Jordan is working, but we just had to say he's definitely wooden in this <laughs> film. Not all the time, but most of the time. But it doesn't matter. But do you know what, Winnie? Even the fact that he is quite wooden uh, for the most part, like I think that almost works better because he's literally working with Looney Tunes. So all the wackiness, the energy, the the pop is what he's working with. And then yeah. he I mean, he's the ultimate. Gets, he gets to exist, like yeah, like ultimate straight man. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Our our lead character, who isn't Bugs Bunny, is is the straight man, which is which is good. But See, you know what? That's yeah. I mean, we've mentioned Bill Murray is in this movie. Like you couldn't have, even though Bill Murray is quite dry in his delivery, he's still funny. You couldn't yeah, have somebody funny with Looney Tunes because it just wouldn't gel. You need that distinction. Yeah, and I guess what Bill Murray's doing is a little bit like out of his element almost, which is plays into it as well. But you, you know, you mentioned Michael Jordan being you know such an integral part of this movie. Like he really is not just being our you know our lead character, if, if not Bugs Bunny, but um, you know the whole storyline uh, with this movie. It's all based, um, I guess, on Michael Jordan's real life retirement from basketball in 1993 um that of which he returned to in 1995 and you see that play out in, not you know not in line and obviously not this isn't what happened to him but you know you, you see his retirement you see him working you know, like you know getting into baseball and then eventually by the end of the movie returning to basketball which i don't know i guess like the hidden thing is oh well like the looney tunes inspired him to go back into basketball and that's what happened and that's kind of fun to it also imagination plays into the story because the whole plot is that the aliens uh, to go to earth and capture the basketball skills of all the best basketball players yeah and at that time Michael Jordan although one of the best if not the best at the time <laughs> was a baseball player, a baseball player. that's why they the missed aliens him. Wouldn't approach him, so it fits. I like, even though the timeline is a little bit off, I like how they've blended what happened in real life with the events of the film. Mm. It works well. And I just like to assume everything that we see in terms of his family life and all that. I just want to think that's all real, even though that's probably not his wife, not his kids. But um, <laughs> but even from like from that opening scene, you know, when he, you know he's he's ten years old, um, you know, uh, played by Brandon Hammond. But, you know, like he's there that moment with his dad and it's just like, it's just a nice moment, nice conversation. It's like, you know, it can be anything you want to be as long as, yeah. you know, what is it like you believe or you want it bad enough or whatever it says, whatever it is, it's inspirational. But it is almost like we're experiencing at the same time his dad fully realising how good his son actually is. Yeah. And Jeremy you makes know, like, okay, it's time to go in. Actually, no, you're you're getting pretty good at this. Let's spend some more time out here. So, yeah, yeah it's I should invest in this. Moment. Like as the dad, like I should invest in you right and now. And then with the knowledge that his dad's a baseball player, so with the idea that he's going to give up basketball in the film, again, similar to what happened in real life, but in the film, he's going to give it up. He wants to play basketball. Under, he wants to play baseball. He's conquered basketball. 
and just knowing that that's what his dad did so he just i don't know it just it resonates yeah i mean there's the, the whole there's everything there like his family's wife the kids you know he's on the road you know he's, he's doing his baseball tour so you know you kind of get a glimpse of you know life as a as a sports guy and as an athlete i don't know what are they called you know the baseball players a celebrity sports playing person wow i don't know sport <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... I, th- I think you use too many words but i get you saying yeah like i don't know it just shows another side to things you know it's not all glitz and glamour and all that um so that you know they, they have a lot of there's more than just having fun there. They're, they're you know, they're, they're going into something a little bit real, which is cool. Um, but what we also get, you know, with, you know, with the Michael Jordan character is Wayne Knight's um, Stan Potterlake character. So he's a publicist and assistant to Michael Jordan, newly appointed. Um, so, you know, a lot of comedic stuff here, a lot of awkward Wayne Knight um, sort of performance here. But it's a it's a it's an added element that works, I think. Oh, it is. I mean, when I I'm trying to think now the time frame, I think they would have done so Seinfeld came before this, but Third Rock from the Sun, did that come after? Didn't that matter come after when? Oh, Space Jam? Because for me, I really I mean obviously Jurassic Park had happened in that three, but yeah. I really knew Wayne Knight from Third Rock from the Sun. So it was really good seeing him in this. And he's funny. It gets some good gags, some good visual gags. I mean, you mentioned already that sequence where Michael Jordan's, it goes through the the Looney Tunes logo. You get the, the Looney Tunes theme. But what's happening before that, Wayne Knight's character is taking a photo. And that's when Michael disappears. Yeah. And then he's trying to work out what happened with the camera and he accidentally he goes to point it at Bill Murray. He's like, don't you point that thing at me. There's some <laughs> good gags there. I like Wayne Knight in this. There is actually, yeah, like the whole, like the real world human stuff. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. But yeah, like what he gets to bring to the table is is fun. And, you know, like he, especially, you know, when you get to the basketball game, he wants to play. He wants to play and he, does he get his moment? I forget. Does he? He does get one moment. He must do. Yeah, I think because they I've just seen run... this movie so many times. They just run out of players. Maybe <laughs> last week, but I can't remember. Yeah. I think everybody gets everybody gets a moment. Everybody. I think that'd be fair. Yeah, so. everybody gets a go. Um, but we should talk about we should talk about the monsters. So you know our our opposing team. Yeah, more on mountain. So we've got the this theme park uh, run by Swackhammer is again voiced by Danny DeVito and he needs he needs new attractions and he sees the Looney well they all see the Looney Tunes on their television screens and they're like hey let's capture them and put them in this park and people will come that's that's the plot that's the plot and we've got these nerd locks these tiny little dudes who turn into big dudes after taking the powers or the the abilities of NBA players these guys fit into the Looney Tunes world, like the when they're small, when they're big. Yeah, like, they do. Yeah, they just slip right in there. It feels like these characters pre-existed; uh, they weren't brand new for Space Jam. Yeah. You're right; they do. They fit right in. Just the sometimes they, you know, you can create a new character for a movie, and 
it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you, you, you're such a fabrication for this film, for this theatrical product that we've got. But these guys, yeah, they feel like they exist somewhere else, but still within this world. Like, yeah, I like them. And both designs as well, whether they're the nerd looks or the monsters, like visually, look really cool. And there's a whole lot of different voices for them, both for like when they're small and when they're big. Um, and I think, you know, like they're all, just to be honest, I think they're all interchangeable. Like, I don't know which one's which, who's doing what. Yeah, because it's not the basketball players, is it, who are voicing the monsters? I no, think that's just... what they're doing in the new film. I think that's oh, what okay. they're doing there, where the sports personalities are actually voicing the bad guys, like the goon squad, whatever they're called. But so I'm could, pretty sure yeah, okay. that's so what's happening with the new one. Doing something different there with uh, integrating the, I guess, the sports stars with the camera. I'm just having, I'm having a look at the cast. Yeah, for the, the nerd looks, there's no, I'm not recognising any of these names, to be honest. I mean, all, you know, talented voice people, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, looking like... at, um, I'm looking though, voicing Pepe Le Pew, is Maurice Lamarche. He was Egon Spengler in the real Ghostbusters. Ooh. So I know him from that. We had Bill Farmer as Sylvester. He's goofy for Disney. So the Looney Tunes, I'm recognizing some of the actors there, just not for the nerd look characters. I want to talk about the, the NBA players that the, the nerd looks do steal their power powers from. Just because, like... And I think it's, as watching this as an adult, I just feel like one of my favourite parts of this movie is just this whole subplot of these these athletes, basketball players, whatever you call them, the NBA stars, they losing their powers and going on this journey of like being lost, not knowing how to deal with it, undergoing medical treatment, talking to therapists, you know, like, it's different, isn't it? It's almost like a different movie at that stage. When you cut to those hilarious. guys, I love it. It is, I, but it, gets quite gets quite deep at times, though. Like you know, they, like they've essentially lost their identity. Like they've not just lost their ability to play the game that they love and play professionally. They are no longer able to function day to day life. And some of them, more so the taller players, it's as if they've not just lost their ability to play the game. They've also lost a bit of intelligence. Like how many like <laughs> low hanging door frames do they walk into? Like lots of visual games. Not having basketball ability wouldn't oh, affect like, their vision. They've got no <laughs> coordination anymore. Like it's all. But like but uh, I get it. It's funny and gags and stuff. But yeah, it, it for me it gets. I'm watching it as an adult. It's it gets quite deep. There's like the the one with the there's the group of girls playing basketball and Charles Barkley. You know, he's like, hey, can I? Like, can I play too? And I was like, yeah, you're Charles Barkley. All right. Yeah, and all players, like, you're not Charles Barkley. Get out of here, man. You don't belong here. And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're just some guy that looks like Charles Barkley. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> holy yeah. Um, Cool. But yeah, like, uh, who else we got? Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. You mentioned the jersey. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Yeah, one of, <laughs> right. one of those. One of those guys. <laughs> But no, like lots of funny little scenes. It's like what one of them is like, I promise, um, what is it like? I'm not gonna 
sleep with Madonna or something anymore. I don't know if they say sleep with, but it's <laughs> yeah, no, he's, that... yeah, it's, al- it's along those lines. Maybe it's date Madonna. Date Madonna. I mean, again, it's a, it's a G-rated movie. I think they they date. Hey, they there, sleep with women. There is one bit there where, where it was like, like, is everything still working? You know, like there's still like innuendos and right. adult yep. jokes, and, and it's like, and he gets hell offended, and all like he gets defensive, I should say. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's yeah. definitely in there. Yeah. yeah. An impotence joke for a G rated movie. Why not? Good times. Good times. But yeah, look, I, <laughs> I, don't, I just like that whole, I think I just like that whole scene sequence, I guess, more now than I ever did, which is, which is good. Uh, but mate, look, let's, we're going to talk about the Looney Tunes because this is Space Jam after all. <laughs> <laughs> Looney Tunes land. So, I mean, we're getting, essentially, if you want to look at it, we're getting Looney Tunes on the big screen. This is a Looney Tunes movie. We've got Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd. I can keep going, but, you know, they're all there. Tasmanian Devil, they're all there. Yeah. me me. Um, yeah, they're all... That wasn't Taz. That was obviously Roadrunner. But... Yeah, no, was, um, <laughs> you know that was Roadrunner. Wiley Coyote, he's there. Yeah. Oh, I had, like I love the when the kids are watching Roadrunner and then Porky Pig rocks up and then they just bail and it's almost like when they put on a show it's live and then they just leave. Yeah, now that was cool. And, and they're the like, characters <laughs> leave and the kids are still watching the scenery. Like what's, what's going like on? it's not like it's not like a filmed thing and then they put it. I don't know. It's just like a fun little intro. No, I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I love, I really like Bugs and Daffy's, you know, mission to 3D land where they have to go pick up Michael's shorts and whatever else they need to pick up. Um, yeah, like just good both on a technical standpoint and I don't know, it's just, I think as a child as well, like watching this, it's just like, holy shit, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck are walking in the real world in a house, walking upstairs, touching things, doing stuff like mind-boggling now it's like we it's see that so we just see that all the time now but it's just i don't know it's still so well magical done. yeah so well done and what and just going like watching it now like it, like visually it still holds up so well mm. just the, the blend of the the 2d animation the live action world it goes so well together but i mean like what they're doing like this really is, they're not missing the mark at all in terms of putting the Looney Tunes on screen. It's not like, oh, you know, the characters seem off or no, that character wouldn't do that or they're not, they're, they're doing all the, the wacky, zany stuff that the Looney Tunes would be doing. It really feels like they're on the big screen there. And at least, I don't know, maybe Space Jam's just my only interpretation of the Looney Tunes. So maybe I'll have a biased thought, but to me, I'm just like, these. this is the Looney Tunes. The- oh, we, we, you asked me, but I didn't ask you in the opening. What's that? Outside of Space Jam, are you a Looney Tunes fan? Oh, like I would have watched Looney Tune cartoons and stuff. Whether it oh, okay, so you, you grew up on oh, of course, Looney yeah, Tunes. Like, this, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We're not that we're not that far, you know. Separated. No, I mean, well, hey, <laughs> I mean, Looney Tunes really predates me. Like, I mean, I was born oh, in '84. Yeah. Looney Tunes have been around well, for a long time. Like we, what you said, you know, that you feel like this movie's already always existed. It's like, well, Looney Tunes to us has always existed. Like, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I was, I, I grew up on Looney Tunes way before this movie, so I, I knew, I was very familiar with the characters in the world. Oh, oh, okay, I guess before the film. I guess to re-answer your question, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, surely I would have seen a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something 
in the six years of life before this movie came out, surely. No, like I guarantee it. I would have done. But it sounds like this was your first like main introduction to those characters. Like, I think this this would have been like a, like oh like this is you know really getting Bugs Bunny's personality and Daffy as a little bit more of a snarky kind of you know secondary character and stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, there's no you don't uh, I don't know I don't know. It's all like you a blur. What? Childhood is a blur, man. <laughs> of course it is. It is. What you just said there is something we're not really said well, i guess we're really talking about looney tunes now like even if like because clearly it's always the case with looney tunes more characters get more screen time than others it's always going to be bugs and then you've got daffy you've got porky and everybody else i feel like even characters that just get quick scenes in this movie they do a really good job of summing up even if it's someone who's new to the characters who that person is yeah, like this say, is the main thing you need to know about bugs. You're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Daffy being a secondary character. Like it's just they do a really good job of just quickly outlining within this movie with Michael B. Jordan and everything else who these Looney Tune characters are, even if this is your first interaction. You get like you get like the the cutaway of Sylvester coming up with a plan and it's just a ploy to get Tweety from Granny. Like that's, and that's every cartoon. That's uh, Sylvester and Twenty. That's one of their yeah. one of their episodes. Um, you know, like you get a moment with Foghorn, you get a moment with um, Yosemite. Like they're all they're all there. You know, Marvin the Martian pops up. Porky Pig does. You know, like uh, that's all, folks. At the very end of like it's a, a post credit theme. If you I don't know if you've ever seen that. There's a post credit theme, by the way. Um, I saw it for the first time the yeah, other day. Mental. I've never seen it before. <laughs> Yeah, you see Taz, you know, like zipping around. It's it's all they're there. They all get moments. I mean, there's obviously not enough time to do everything with everyone, but you get snippets of of each character. But, but with yeah, with those snippets, I feel like it's enough. They do, they they do it. They do it. Um, and look, maybe we'll get way more in um, you know a new legacy. But they have enough time though to introduce a new character, a new Looney Tunes character, Lola Bunny, voiced by Kath Suits. Suki, Suki. I mean, the thoughts with this character. I just, I just, I mean, for a cartoon character, I'm just gonna say it. She makes me feel weird. <laughs> oh, mate. No, I mean, just a cartoon. We're not talking about Jessica Rabbit here. We're talking about you. Got to you. Got to remember that. <laughs> you got to remember. It must be. It's this thing about bunnies. I don't know. You got to remember. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. Well, I mean, Jessica Rabbit obviously is such a is such a thing. But I mean, I guess that was before my time. I mean, I know I've gone back and seen you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit and stuff. But I mean, that was I don't know. That was never captured in my youth <laughs> viewing. But I mean, growing up with Lola Bunny and like she is presented in this movie as a as a I don't know as a she's sexualized. Oh, for sure. Sure. Is what you're probably looking for, so, and a, and even they've changed the the clothing design on in the new movie. Oh, I think right, to yeah. move away from what they were doing in this first movie. But yeah, what you talk, I see what you're talking about. Age twelve, I wasn't getting that. Was <laughs> six? I, I get what you're saying, but she definitely was presented sexualized. Like that's clearly what they were looking at. Yeah. Oh, look, no, she doing. is in terms of an animated bunny character like 
she's an attractive animated bunny character. That's that's just what it is. Like I'm not saying I'm, I'm I have weird feelings for her now, but I mean, I mean I'm trying to help you out here. I don't, I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> <laughs> just agree with me and, and say yeah, like yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Moving on. So Lola Bunny's a thing, and look, there's she's a she's basically there for bucks that's what it is that's what it and is. she oh. quickly became a fan favorite like like you say an original character for this movie and she really just took off is she like you know like when you get like didn't they do like looney tunes like babies or something or like other looney tunes did lola the, the, come back was she or was it just a female bunny she lola i believe has appeared in like Looney Tunes animated series after this. Like they did they did one, what was it called? I think it was called The Looney Tunes Show. And essentially the setup to that series was like a sitcom. Yeah, like and they had lived in them... houses and they had yes, I think yeah. So like Porky and Daffy lived together and it was like a sitcom. Mm. But in like Looney Tunes form. And Lola was and Lola there. appeared in that show. Ah, oh, there you go. That's something yeah, something that came out of this. Um all right. Bill Murray. I want to. I want to talk Bill Murray. Initially, he came in to only work on the uh, golf course scene. He was only meant to be in one scene. Um, but Bill Murray, he then wanted to be in the climactic basketball game after director, uh, obviously Pickard, showed him the process of how he directed the live action animation scenes. Um, now, there's a joke in the movie, which I'm sure you you probably picked up on, uh, about knowing. I can't remember which character asked him, like, oh, how did you get here? And, you know, Bill Murray says, you know, there's a joke about him knowing the producer, and that's how he got there. The producer being Ivan Reitman. Obviously, there's that Ghostbusters connection. Um, And then there's also the joke about um, him being mistaken for Dan Aykroyd once again. Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and me too. You know, it was always great having Bill Murray be a part of this movie. But that's interesting that I didn't realise that he was supposed to just be in that one scene to begin with. And I guess like... if Bill Murray, he's showing an interest and wants to have a bigger part, you're going to let him because he's Bill Murray. But I think worked they, out for the creatively they, they wrote him in, uh, you know, like into the climactic basketball scene, uh, basketball game in a really... In a well, in a good way. It was like they were done. That like every player was pretty much out, and they needed one more. Otherwise, they would have been disqualified. And, and it works. Today, it gets a moment. Yeah, I, that like the the coming up with the game plan, and he's like saying shit, and Michael's just like, <laughs> Nah, cool. that ain't gonna do it. This is what we're gonna do. It's like, okay, yeah, that works too. <laughs> It's... And then, and then at the end, like when when Michael comes back and you know he saved the day, and Bill Murray is just sat in the crowd, disappointed, and the guy's like, "What's wrong with you?" And he's like, "Could have been me. <laughs> Could have been me." <laughs> like, no, it was goodness. like a, it was a good final appearance from Murray in the movie. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, but mate, look, I think we've done it. I think unless there's anything final you want to speak about space jam or bring to our attention i feel like we've covered it for now and as you well we've said a couple of times already we'll be covering the new movie on that film <laughs> so if we've, if we've missed anything we can we can bring it up we then. can just talk about it there 
Uh, wicked. So we'll leave the movie there. We'll come back with our rating in just a second. But what we're going to do, um, we're going to do our quiz. And I forget what we call it these days. Ten questions in approximately 60 seconds. So I don't know if you've been listening along, uh, Luke, with our recent episodes. We've done away with the timer. We've just been like, we're going to ask ten questions. We're still going to expect a quick response, but we're just not timing yep. it because it's just an extra thing that we have to do that we don't want to do. So I'm going to quiz you. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that you dropped the timer, but the same time though, quite nervous about this because <laughs> each time I come on, like whether it be Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, I make a point of saying, "Really like this film. I know a lot about it." And then you think, "Well, oh, okay, I'm going to ask you ten questions." I'd... Makes me nervous. These are to be fair. I struggled to come up with questions. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've covered a good ground. Hopefully, they'll be easy enough for you. But anyway, let's get it done. When you're ready, I will start. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm um, waiting. Let's get. Let's do it. Yeah, stop pressuring me, man. <laughs> what year is the opening scene set in? Oh wow. Okay. Um, there's no timer. I'll just take my time. Oh jeez. Let me think. No, that's not. That's not um, how this works. <laughs> Do you need decades or or the exact year? Oh, I'll take the decade. I'm gonna go sixties. Oh, incorrect. Oh, really? Is it fifties? It's uh, summer of 1973. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> awesome. Where do the nerd <laughs> come from? Good start. Good start. Where do the nerd lux come from? All I can think is Star Mountain. I know that's not the answer, but that's all I'm getting. Incorrect. Moron Mountain. Oh, yes. Oh, this is going to be bad. Uh, what is what is the name of Michael Jordan's dog? <laughs> wow. Buster. Incorrect. It's Charles. You see his uh, you see his kennel with his name on it. Um, Very good. What name does... Oh, what does Daffy suggest they call their team? What does Daffy Duck suggest I heard they the question. call their team? <laughs> I was trying to think. The mean team. I don't know. Oh, he suggests the ducks, as in. Uh, oh, that's right. And the then you get the, what kind of Mickey Mouse Corporation would name their team the ducks? Damn it. Yep. What number? What number um, does Michael Jordan sport on his jersey? Seven. Incorrect. Twenty-three. Oh God. Which I believe is actually his basketball number. Um, I mean, you guess when you. Yeah. What is Michael's secret stuff? Ah, oh, H2O. It's water. <laughs> oh, correct. We got one. <laughs> which, oh, which Looney Tune wets themselves? Wow. Which Looney Tune wet themselves? Um, I'm going to bring the timer back. This is taking too long. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Which, um, I'm trying to think which Looney Tune wears clothes. Um, granny. Is it Granny? Bear in mind, they're all wearing basketball uniforms. Oh, no, they are, aren't they? <laughs> Daffy. Let me go Daffy. Incorrect. It was Porky Porky Pig. What position does Granny play? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'd need to know basketball, wouldn't I? Um, defense. Incorrect. She's actually a cheerleader. <laughs> oh, uh, she plays though. She gets in the game. Cheerleaders don't get in the game and play. What position or role God. does Marvin the Martian fulfill in the final game? He's defense. 
<laughs> Correct. He's the umpire or the referee, uh, whatever you call him. Yeah, little tricky ones there. All right, now last question. What is the final score at the end? Oh, of the get lost. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> if I'm honest. Honestly, I feel like, because again, I watched this film so recently. I feel like I've seen it that many times and I watched it with my kid. I just had, I just allowed the movie to just wash over me. Um, right, the final score, I know that the, the, the difference in, I know that the difference in score was one point. Ah, oh, so if 13. I if I if I tell you that the monsters ended on seventy seven, oh okay, yeah, the, the, they won with seventy eight. <laughs> I mean, is that not right? Uh, yeah, correct. One... Correct. All oh, right, good. Yeah, but I'm not giving you that point. You get one, no, no. I don't get one point. point. You get one point. You got one out of ten. I've got to say, right, each time that I've been a guest on this on this podcast, I really enjoy myself until the quiz. And then I just and then I just tear one into you and you you, yeah. you leave disheartened. Yeah, but to man. make it worse though, you make a point of saying how easy the quiz is gonna be. What? There was some easy questions. I don't okay. Know. I don't wow. Know. I mean I got the water one, so there you go. <laughs> Good. Good. Let's rate Space Jam. Out of five VHS tapes, because apparently we're still doing that, what do you give this movie? The, the number okay, so so this rating comes very very easy to me, and it's because I've grown up watching this movie, loved it that first time, and always enjoyed watching it. But I just mentioned there how watching it recently, and I, and sometimes you know when you've seen something that many times, you're probably you could be at a point where maybe you don't necessarily need to watch it again. And I'd say that's where I'm at with Space Jam, although, you know, still like it and everything else. And it's, you know, a great movie to look at and it is a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it with my kid, but as an adult and watching it now, if I'm going to rate it, honestly, I'm going to come in at a four out of five. And, it, and it, again, like part of it, it's not something the movie has or hasn't done. I've just seen it that many times. Yeah. And the story is pretty straightforward, but it's still fun to watch. The gags still land visually. It's, you know, it's brilliant. Like I love the 2D animation. But yeah, I, I can't come in higher than that. My younger self, I'm guessing, would. But I'm going to come in at a, yeah, four out of five. I think I think I'm on the same page as you there. Like a younger version of myself would would rate this higher than a four, um, just on the pure enjoyment, the the spectacle, Looney Tunes on the big screen, playing a ridiculous game of basketball. Um, you know, lots of things going on. And you know, as an adult, though, I'm finding more things to enjoy about this movie. Um, but I think, like yourself, like just after watching it so many times especially this most recent rewatch it was sort of like you know i still enjoyed it but there are bits where i'm like oh you know this isn't as amazing as i remember maybe you know we've just seen so much more since then it's still it's still good still holds up it's still a fun movie um but yeah it's not i don't know it's just not to be honest i thought i would be rating it higher than a than a four um, but I'm not, uh, but I uh, like yourself, I'm coming in uh, four out of five as well. 
Um, so still like really good. Just I don't know. A, a little part of me was like, oh, Space Jam. Yeah, this is gonna be like four point five, maybe a five. I don't know. Maybe I was just getting I mean, ahead of myself and getting too excited. It's a classic. It's it, a classic. It always, it always will be. But I think, I mean, four out of five, that is not a bad rating at all. Again, going back to like, you know, like the the critical rating, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, all that kind of stuff. I can see why people would look at this and say like, no, this movie isn't great. You know, they can still kind of like it, but, it, you know, they can say, oh, it's not great. You know, we, we spoke about wooden acting. We, you know, it is a cartoon. It is just a cartoon about Looney Tunes. You know, if, if someone's not looking at the technical aspect of it, if they're just looking at what it is, it is just a lot of colourful noise, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, it's a fun colourful noise. But I can see how it's not everyone's cup of tea and why that rating might not be as high as it probably should be. But for us, this was, yeah, you know, a movie from our childhood that we've grown up with and it, I guess the nostalgia's still there and we're, we're still riding the train. But for how long? Hopefully, you know, like yourself, our kids can rejuvenate our love for for these things again. And maybe when I watch it, you know, in five years' time with my son, I can be like, oh, yeah, it's a five out of five. This movie's brilliant. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe. maybe. I mean, I I watched it with my my kid, as I said, and, you know, she enjoyed it. No, she did. And I enjoyed watching it with her. But again, it's nothing the film's done. I've just, I think I've seen it. Too many times, to be honest. <laughs> There's no surprises left, but it's still a good film, a very well, good film. Well, hopefully Space Jam and New Legacy can bring us some surprises and maybe some good ones and not bad ones or whatever. I hope so. I don't know. But for now, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on and joining me and filling Rob's shoes, which I'm sure hopefully are not too worn out because he's on a walk, as you know. But otherwise, that's our rewind to 1996 Space Jam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmsdewpodcast at gmail.com. I want to quickly just say, I didn't answer you at all. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> I just moved on. I thanked you. I moved on. I know, but I thought you were going to say something more about Rob and the very, very long walk that he's on. But um, yeah, no, it's always good to be a guest on um, this show. I get to be a guest and do none of the prep. That's always, always fun. How good is that? It is, it is good. It is good. I just have to watch something and turn up. I like it. Yeah. Although next time, if you invite me back, I'll pay closer attention for that quiz. I mean, you've done a couple of it. You should know. You should know. I've done uh, better on previous quizzes, but anyway. Yeah, no, that was strange. Um, look, uh, you've got other ways to reach out to us. Um, you've got that film studio or Rewind and Reviews Facebook pages. Uh, whilst you're there, you can like and follow these pages. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and it does help others like you find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. If you're wondering what's up next for Rewind and Review, take a listen to this clue.
Oh, yes. Very exciting. Um, thank you for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on our next trip. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. That's all, folks.